Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Minnesota Wild Edition. And I am joined this time again by Tony Abbott, who covers Chaz's old team for TheAthletic.com. How are you doing? I'm doing really great, Kelly. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Are you surviving our polar vortexes all right? I'll tell you what. For a place that gets a fair amount of snow, people in Delaware just lose their minds if anything is falling <laughs> in the sky. They just forget how to drive. It's like mass hysteria. People don't know what to do. It's mind-boggling every time. But we're yeah, surviving. You'd think, uh, you'd think up in Minnesota, Wisconsin, the same thing would be uh, uh, wouldn't be happening there. We'd have a lot of experience. But every time like something like this happens, it's like, I, I think a couple of weeks ago they had to shut down one of the bridges in Duluth because too many people are getting into accidents. So people don't know how to drive anywhere. That's remarkable. You guys should be pros. Eh, you know. I guess nobody knows how to do anything. <laughs> okay. This won't be the first time I drag Minnesota in this podcast. <laughs> That's okay. I just drag Delaware all over the place. Not that anyone cares because there are four people here, but anyway. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I want to ask you about. It's probably a sensitive subject, but that Nino Niederreiter trade um, doesn't seem to be working out so well. Right now, um, I read a couple of articles on The Athletic. It looks like Rask is playing on the fourth line, and even that's not going super well for him. Um, yeah. Do you think there's any way that he might provide some value to this team ever? Um, He might be a pretty cheap buyout. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think if Minnesota buys him out after this season, it'll only be one point three three million against the cap for the next six years, which is uh, you know, like having that uh, that dead money on the books hurts. I I, I think Philly is not uh, though. Of course, uh, their uh, their Brzezgalov deal is not against the cap, so um, yeah, I it is not working out. Uh, he's played seven minutes the last couple uh, games, yeah. and that is. You know, that's after, you know, taking a lot of heat in the Nino Niederreiter trade because everybody, like, universally came out and said, this is a very bad trade. Yeah. When it happened, I was like, oh, that's curious. I don't know why Minnesota would do that, but yeah. And uh, and look what happens when you give Nino Niederreiter 18 minutes a game with good line mates. Like, yeah, he takes off. I think he's got eight points in nine games now, which is... uh which is pretty good, you know, great for him because he never seemed to be a guy who got a chance in Minnesota and then he moves yeah. on. Um, but yeah, they had every incentive to give Rask a chance to shine, to show what he could do to integrate himself into the lineup uh, after Miko Koivu's injury, especially. Uh, that's, you know, if you're trading for a guy to be a center in your organization, like that's when you should be stepping up and no, instead he's been playing seven minutes on the fourth line the last two nights. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see this ending good for him, which is, uh, which is sad because, yeah. like, is as bad as the trade was. Like Rask is, by all accounts, like a super cool guy. He, um, I, I believe I read that he bankrolls his sister's uh, hockey career, oh, which wow. is, which is, yeah, I, I believe that is the case, which is incredible. That's um, super cool. So it's uh it's sad that it is at that point where we're already talking buyout nine yeah. games into Rask's wild career, but uh there uh there you go. I have to tell you, I have to work, I'm gonna work really hard not to say that's wild at all during this podcast, but <laughs> it's like been in my head the whole I'm gonna slip, I know it. No worries, <laughs> just do it. Yeah. So every sentence. 
Yeah, that's wild. Um, with the loss to the Islanders on Sunday, the Islanders who infuriate me on a daily basis, um, you guys fell to the second wild card spot. You had been in the first there for a bit. Season left, but with the way things have been trending for the wild lately, is there any real concern amongst professionals like you or the fan base that they might miss the playoffs this season? Uh, I think that is a huge concern. I, I think we'll talk a little bit more about uh, about Miko Koivu later. Mm-hmm. Um, but his loss uh, is pretty big for the Minnesota Wild. Um, you have a guy who's been your captain for over a decade now, the heart and soul of your team, and uh, and someone who absorbs really tough defensive minutes for them, and uh, and he goes out. And uh, Minnesota's not done too terribly in the game since he has gone out. I, I will say that it hasn't been awful, but you're still seeing a team that has trouble scoring and a team that has trouble stopping the puck for for most of the time. Yeah, that's a real bummer. Because I feel I, mean, like, I feel like the Wild are one of those teams that are always are always you just assume they're going to make the playoffs. Like you never really know what they're going to do once they get there. But they're one of those teams that's like a consistent playoff maker at least. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you get to the point where where your team is aging, yeah. you know, injuries injuries are going to happen. Uh, when you when you get to a certain age, and you know there's going to be decline, even though like Parise is having a, a sort of renaissance season uh, this year, um, still like uh, especially in net too, where you have Devin Dubnik. He I don't know exactly how old he is. Um, looking at it right now, he's almost 33. He turns 33 in May. Huge goalie, a lot of miles on him the last few years. Like. Uh, you can uh, you can make a strong case that that's catching up to him pretty hard this year. Uh, so you know when when all those uh, stars align, that's uh, that's bad. Uh, I, I think we see it all around the Western Conference. Just age is undefeated. Yeah, it's so. This is kind of a rhetorical question, but like I've been a hockey fan for a long time, um, since like the late '90s, and I feel like for almost the entirety of that time the Western Conference has always kind of been better in a way than the Eastern Conference, or at least like a bit more competitive, more top-end teams than bottom-end teams. But this season, like looking at the Western Conference, it's like a race to the bottom. Like everyone is just bad, and I don't understand what's going on out there. Is it just everybody's getting old in the Western Conference? I think that's a lot of it. Like when you're looking at the teams who are in the playoffs, you're, you're either seeing them built around youth in like Winnipeg's case or in uh, in Nashville's case, I, I, their defense, of course, a little older, but their forwards, their key forwards are still pretty young. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of youth feeling them. In the Pacific, um, a lot of the, uh, the key players for Calgary are super young. San Jose, yeah. uh, old team, but they still have like two of like maybe what the five best defensemen in the world right now. Yeah. So like you're going to do okay with that in Vegas. They're not like as young as you'd think, but they are built around a lot of speed. Uh, so when, and when you look past those guys, like who, who do you have that has like a lot of like really – like young, really fast talent. It's weird. Like, like I guess Arizona is a super young team, but they're just not good yet. Mm-hmm. Not really uh, good. 
Colorado has a lot of yeah. uh, speed and skill on their top line, but just past that, it's uh, you know it's getting better with like guys like Sam Girard coming up, but it's still just not there yet. They're still a couple of years away, and uh, fortunately for them, they have the uh, Senators draft pick. Yeah, so they should be able to get something pretty nice there. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, like a, a lot of these teams that are on the fringes, um, the uh, the Blackhawks. Uh, the Kings, the the uh, Ducks, uh, a lot of those teams that are, are kind of like sneaking up on uh, on the playoffs. Well, uh, I guess the Ducks are falling pretty hard, as you guys saw uh, yeah. earlier this week. But like a lot of those teams who have been perennial contenders, I, I think just like the bottom fell out on them age-wise. Yeah, so one of the guys that's been hurt for you guys for a bit um, – Eric Fair, and I know that he's had injury problems in the past with his last couple of teams. I know he had a fair bit of injury problems. Um, is he an important piece of the lineup for you guys? And do you really need him to get better for you guys to compete? No. Okay. I like, <laughs> every time I see Eric Fair, because uh, he's number 21 on the ice, mm-hmm. and this has happened to the last like couple 21s uh, for, uh, for Minnesota, I'm just like, Wait, why is Kyle Brodziak still there? And that's pretty much what he is. He's just kind of, he's just kind of a guy to to fill out a lineup. Yeah. And, and there's nothing really wrong with that. But like, uh, Eric Fair could not score for the rest of the year. Minnesota could still make the playoffs. It, it's really a matter of just what's everyone else doing. Is everyone else stepping up or not? Nah? Yeah. So obviously, you mentioned him earlier. The injury that does hurt your team big time is Miku Koivu, who is out with, it's an MCL tear, right? That he's ACL. Out. ACL. Okay. I knew it was one of the CLs. Um, it's the bad one. The bad one, right. So obviously, that's a huge void to fill. Any team loses their captain, it's going to be a huge void to fill. Is there anybody that you see stepping up in his place to try to make up for that loss? Uh, I wrote about it for The Athletic uh, and uh, and hopefully that will, uh, I, it, I guess it hasn't published yet. Hopefully it'll publish soon. Uh, I wrote a little bit about Jules Erickson Eck this week. Just uh, uh, a guy who has been stuck behind. Um, he's been stuck behind Koivu. He's been stuck behind Eric Stahl for uh, for most of his wild career. And you know, being being a third line center isn't the worst place to develop, but it is when your line mates have been mostly rookies and guys like uh, Marcus Foligno or. Uh, Chris Stewart in cases. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that was uh, that last year, maybe even a couple years ago. Um, or uh, who else? Uh, Daniel Winnick, just guys who like, you know, like whatever, they're, they're fine guys to like have in the lineup maybe, but not guys that you really want to be like developing that young talent with. So Erickson Eck has been really struggling through uh through his first couple of years in the NHL. But the thing is, whenever you send him down to the AHL, he generates shots like nobody's business. He scores points. So I am really wanting to see him get to a spot in the lineup where he's centering some uh, some skilled forwards who have some chemistry and just see what you have in him. You know, he was the, uh, he was the Wild's first-round pick in 2015. Mm-hmm. He's been stuck behind uh, veterans for this entire time. He has an opportunity now. Uh, and, uh, and he has responded to playing in the third line over the last few, uh, games playing really well, chipping in a couple goals. So I don't know. I'd like to see him given a shot. Okay. It's, I always like that when, when things go poorly 
and it's kind of like you don't really know how to fix it, throw kids at the problem and see what happens. Like, what's the worst that could possibly happen? He's terrible. Uh, you could uh, you could win a bunch of games starting yeah. Carter Hart and Net. Right, exactly. Just throw a kid in the hole and see what happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's wild. Um, okay. So speaking of your work on The Athletic, you had a piece, I think last week, um, about the pros and cons of the Wild being both buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. Um, with the West being so tight and with the Wild being so close to being in, would you like to see Paul Fenton do something to shore up the team a bit? Or do you think that this is a time for the Wild to start looking toward a rebuild? You know, uh, before Koivu's injury, I would have been fine with them going for it, with uh, trying to land someone like Artemi Panarin, a big fish like that, to uh, to try to really load up for one last run. And, uh, yeah, and, and I would have been fine if, if they started looking towards the future. I just kind of want them to pick a direction. Yeah. And I think after the Koivu injury, after losing, like, I think four of their last five, I just kind of, like, I, I think the direction's pretty clear. I, I think selling uh, at the deadline is probably going to be a good idea for them. You know, if you can get a first-round pick for Eric Stahl, yeah. uh, go ahead and do that. If you can um, if you can start the bidding on someone like Mikhail Gramlin or Charlie Coyle, who are both free agents in a year, um, I'd look into that and try to see if I can't get back somebody to uh, – to accelerate the rebuild because if they do go rebuild, they're going to need assets. Yeah. Because their prospect pool is Carol Caprazov and a lot of uh not nothing necessarily, but it, it's not like uh, no blue chippers. Yeah. Outside of Caprazov. It's interesting that you mentioned Stahl because we were talking about the the wild today, um, amongst the Broad Street hockey people in our Slack chat. And that was something that was kind of mentioned, like, wouldn't it be neat if we could get Eric Stahl for these next two years that he's got left on his contract? Because he's been really good. He's a yeah. really solid center. Well, he's a he, uh, Stahl is a free agent uh, this uh, this offseason. He'd be oh, a rental. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he's a free agent and, and Philadelphia signed, uh, signed him, you know, they could do a lot worse than, than putting Stahl even at age uh, 35 into their second slot. Like, he's still – he still is a uh, like a strong possession forward. He mm -hmm. still has a, a nose for the net. Um, he his shooting percentage isn't uh, isn't super great this year or anything like that. But like uh, the underlyings are still there, and uh, you know you can't go wrong with a guy who scored what uh, almost ninety goals over his uh, his three year deal. Like that's uh, that's incredibly solid. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, I think that Stahl's one of those guys that people forget about. Maybe it's because the Wild haven't been performing so well, but I think that no one has noticed that he's kept it together for the length of this contract. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's been one of the uh, one of the best free agent contracts probably in the last five years or so. Just a uh, just a huge amount of return. I, I think people just kind of left Stahl for dead after mm -hmm. uh, the end of his Carolina career and uh, in the Rangers one and like. You know who could blame them? He looked really bad then. Uh, yep. Well, at least in terms of a production thing. So speaking of Chaz, as I like to call Chuck Fletcher, um, who made that stall signing for you guys a few years ago, um, this is a home game for the Wild, and it's going to be 
the Flyers' first time in Minnesota with Chuck Fletcher at the helm. The Wild have not been performing as well as they historically have done at home this season. Um, but do you think that playing for their old boss might light a little bit of extra fire under them? Maybe. Uh, it, it's not... Um... I don't know if it's going to be quite the same energy as like a traded player coming back to face his old team or anything like that. Cause it's not like, it's not like, you know, Chuck rejected the yeah. team and, and jumped to Philadelphia. Like he was let go and he yeah. was let go. Like, frankly, um, thanks to, uh, thanks to disappointing playoff performances by a lot of players that, uh, that Chuck was pretty good to. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe they want to like do their best with uh, with old dad watching them or something like that. But um, they should uh, they should they have a lot better reasons to play than to uh, to spite Chuck Fletcher if if that's even a sentiment in that locker room, which I have no idea if that is or not. They probably half of them probably don't even realize that Chuck Fletcher works for Philly now. Like, why would they care, really? Um, so one of our readers wanted me to ask you, I think I kind of know the answer to this, but they wanted me to ask you um, if you think that if the Wild miss this season, if there's any heat on Bruce Boudreaux or is his job secure? I am curious as to what you think. I would imagine that a guy like Boudreaux has a bit more rope than the average NHL coach. So I would assume that even if they miss, he's not going anywhere. Mm hmm. I like I have I have no like I have no access to like the team. I, I, I don't like get to talk to Boudreaux or anything like that. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm on kind of a fan's perspective on here. I don't know if he'd want to come back. Oh, that's if, interesting. Like uh, that it's possible. Uh, it, it might be a thing where they might mutually decide it's not working out. And, and that's just me spitballing. Like I, I have no real uh, I have no real uh access to to any of the uh the movers and shakers in there but uh you might want you might see a situation where Fenton wants to bring uh Paul Fenton their new GM mm -hmm. wants to bring in you know his own guy his own coach I'm sure he's got ideas of of guys that he's worked with over his career and uh, and guys that he's liked and uh if you read uh some of the quotes that Boudreaux's been spitting over the last uh this last losing streak it's a lot of frustration yeah, he, in there. It's it's one of those where like you read them and you're like, oh, he's not happy with this team right now. Like the a lot of like effort comments, right? Like yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's effort. It's it's I think I think maybe even toughness. Just like uh, he he's not mincing words with with any of these guys now. And, and you know he's the winningest coach in uh, the in at least active coaches in, in NHL. Or yeah, he's the winningest active coach in the NHL. Like this guy hates to lose. This guy does nothing but win division titles. Mm -hmm. And I, I think not winning a division title is probably going to be a miserable experience for him. Yeah, um, yeah I, 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 he might want to come back because like his contract is good, but he could also probably get paid somewhere else if he wanted to as well. Um, so I'd be real curious to see what happens with that situation after the season ends. That would be interesting. That's one more name to throw into the pool of people who are trying to take Scott Gordon's job. <laughs> um, because I don't, I feel like even if the Flyers make the playoffs, they're probably not going to bring this guy back, even though he's done pretty well, but that's okay. I Honestly, Boudreaux with the Flyer, uh, Boudreaux putting his, uh, his system with the Flyers. I think that would be really fun to see. 
I don't know if I would hate it. I kind of like Bruce Boudreaux, mostly because he looks like a giant baby. But other than that, <laughs> he's also good at hockey things, which is a plus for a coach, I think. We haven't really had a, a super good coach since Laviolette, and that ended poorly. So it would be nice to have another guy in there who really knows what he's doing. He's done a really great job of keeping Minnesota's defense tight while mm-hmm. also uh, letting their big guys run around too. So I, I think that after uh, after some of the uh, defensive disasters that have uh, been around Philly for the last uh, however many 20-something years, yeah. uh, that might be a welcome sight. Okay, so knowing that the strong point for the Flyers right now has been goaltending, which is very different for us. I'm not really sure how to act. Um, And knowing that the Wild have been having trouble winning hockey games, what in your mind do you think is the key to the Wild beating the Flyers in this game? Oh, man. Uh, I I think the defense is is always going to be there with Minnesota, like surprisingly – I don't think it's tanked at all since uh, since Nino Niederreiter, who's great defensive uh, uh, forward, and uh, Miko Koivu have uh, have exited the lineup. They uh, they also have been without Matt Dumba for some time. Yeah. Now, um, and the defense has remained pretty strong, so I, I think that's going to be there. It's just kind of going to be a matter of like, are the forwards going to finish? Uh, Mikhail Granlund got a goal um, in. Uh, in I think it was the uh, the game against the Islanders. That was his first goal in quite a while. Uh, he started out real hot with like 10 goals in his first, I want to say like 15 to 20 games, and now he has 13. Mm-hmm. So um, Jason Zucker hasn't uh, hasn't really been finishing all year. Eric Stahl shooting percentages down. I, I think it's just a matter of like, is somebody on this team going to put the puck in the net, especially past, you know, Carter Hart, who's been playing pretty well to start his uh his NHL career. Actually you guys are getting Anthony Stolars. Oh is Carter, this great? Yeah. Carter Hart's playing against Pittsburgh right now. So Oh I was I was like, oh man, they make a trade on air. No. <laughs> yeah, and and surprisingly enough, Stolars has been very good as well. Just like a different kind of good because he's just like a giant man. So he just takes <laughs> a lot of space. Um but yeah it should it should be interesting. He's um so been surprisingly good. I'm interested to see how he performs in a road game. Should be fun to watch. Still, they've struggled to finish against everyone, I suppose. Yeah. So I think you kind of answered this question. I was going to ask you, like, what in your mind is going to be the part of the Minnesota Wild game that gives the Flyers fits? And it sounds like it's probably defense. Yeah, they're, they're super – they're always good positionally. Uh, when you have uh, when you have guys like Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodeen, and uh, Ryan Suter, uh, yeah. who's been getting better after starting out the year really rough defensively, um, I, I think when you have those three guys, you're going to be frustrating a lot of forwards. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that that's just kind of what you got to deal with when you play the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Philadelphia certainly has enough skill to uh, to get through that. It's just a matter of like is it going to be tonight or not. Yeah. Theoretically they do. It's always um, a fun surprise to see which Flyers team shows up. So, because even they've been winning games, but like their underlying numbers haven't been very good. Um, So you would expect at some point that this is all going to even out. They're going to start losing again if they don't start playing better. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. This has been kind of a weird winning streak for us because they haven't looked particularly good, but the goaltending is bailing them out. And like I said, that is very weird for us 
It's not something that we're used to. So it's been an interesting time. You know, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, right? Seriously, because who knows how long it will. Um, another thing I'm going to ask you that I ask everybody because I think it's fun is for you to give me a guy that Flyers fans might not know about, but that who you think might make an impact in the game. Ooh. Under the radar guy, if you will. Under the radar. See, that's the thing with a lot of Minnesota's rosters that so many of them have been around for, like, this team's been basically the same forever. Yeah. I will yeah. try to give you something, though. Hmm. There's that Zach Parise fellow people may people may not know about him. I already talked about Jules Erickson Eck. You did. So why don't I bring up Luke Cunning, who's also been super hot. Um he is a uh, he was Minnesota's 2016 first rounder out of um, out of Wisconsin. He was a, he was a goal scoring machine there. He hasn't fully found his stride in uh, in the NHL this year. He's got uh, 10 points in 25 games, which is pretty respectable. Uh, but he has heated up pretty well over these last four games, uh, scoring uh, uh, scoring five points in that time. So uh, he is, uh, he's pretty fun to watch. He's got some speed to him. Uh, he's n not the biggest guy. He's, uh, he's about 6'0". Maybe that's 5'11 in reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he's really competitive. He's not afraid to get into, uh, get into uh, the physical aspect of the game. And uh, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for him because he is just starting to show his skill. All right. Good to know. And finally, I'm just going to ask you for a shot in the dark prediction for how you think this game will end up. All right. Um, hmm. No pressure because I'm always wrong. So every time I do this, I'm wrong. Man, I, I'm going to say. Well, now I, now I feel like I'm going to drag Minnesota. And this might even be just like what I want to happen just to push them a little further in the direction of. Like, okay, it's time to sell. It's time okay. to look for the future. Uh, I'm going to say that Minnesota controls play. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yep, uh, I might even say dominates. Minnesota dominates play, loses 3-1, to one, empty net goal. All right. Okay. See, for me, I think a lot of what I'm thinking about this game tomorrow night, and we're recording this during the Penguins game, which is happening right now. And right now the Flyers are losing one nothing. I feel like if they lose this game to the Penguins – they might come out super angry tomorrow, which is always a good thing for them, especially Claude Giroux tends to play really well when he's pissed off. Um, but if they win tonight, they might not have so much fire. I'm just going to throw a 4-3. Four, 4-3 three. Four, three who? Flyers. Four, All three. right. I'm thinking so, with positivity. It's like a new thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. All right. I think we've covered everything. Tony, thank you again. Yeah, thank you. This game is at 8 p.m. Everybody take note because of time zones. We're out in Minnesota, so it's going to be an 8 p.m. game. Tony, thank you very much for joining me again. Thank you. You have a wonderful, uh, you have a wonderful week. Thank you. You too. Go Flyers. Go 